can we do this since we're since yes. we're here in Columbus? Let's do it. All right. Come on, we have yes, to. We have for to. the podcast, yes, right? <laughs> All right, ready, ready, ready. ready. Oh, yes. Every little thing you think that you need, every little thing you think that you need, every little thing that's just feeding your greed. Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it. Hey, y'all, some exciting news before we dive into this episode. The Minimalists are going to host a private podcast and live stream exclusively for our Patreon supporters. We're calling this Ask the Minimalists Anything. And the first session will take place next month. That's August 2017. Anyone who contributes $2 or more over at our Patreon page can attend this special live stream. And if you can't make the live stream itself, the live session, the live podcast, don't worry. You'll still have access to the private video and the private audio podcast after it's recorded. We hope to do this at least once a quarter, maybe more frequently for our Patreon supporters. And please note that none of the money from our Patreon campaign goes to our personal bank accounts. Rather, what we're going to do is use these funds to build our own new podcast studio and a film studio, which is going to allow us to do a bunch of really cool things like take live callers on the air, improve overall audio quality, and bring guests on the show. We're also going to hire a full-time filmmaker to create a video version of this podcast. And we also want to produce a bunch of other meaningful video creations like web series, TV shows, interviews, documentaries, video essays, and more. And because we refuse to clutter our podcast with advertisements, Patreon really is the best way for us to fund these creative endeavors together. So let me ask you this. Are you willing to help? If so, please become a patron today. Head on over to patreon.com slash the minimalists, or you can go to our website. It's just theminimalists.com and click on the donate button at the top. We'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. And please know that your support is greatly appreciated. Together, we will create something meaningful. Well, hello, everybody. My name is Joshua Fields Milburn. And I am Ryan Nicodemus. And we are the minimalists live in Columbus. All right, so we have a microphone set up right back there, I believe. Ooh, look, that spotlight just turned on. It's uh, illuminating this gentleman's beautiful haircut. Yes, that is a great Bravo. haircut, sir. Um, and so uh, usually what happens is it takes a few moments for someone to break the ice, and then a line cascades down to the microphone. Uh, afterward, Ryan and I, we, we stick around, take photos, dish out hugs. We can't answer 500 questions tonight in line, so now is the time to ask your questions. But first, Ryan, as people are lining up, do you know who used to work in this building? This is a state building. Do you know who used to work in this building? Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> Wrong state. Oh. In an alternate universe, President John Kasich worked in this building. Didn't he live in, like, Westchester, Ohio or something? No, he's, he's here. He's the governor of Ohio. I know that. <laughs> anyway, that's awesome. All right, so no, I don't see anyone in line. I know, like, there are... Oh, wait, we do have There's a gentleman a person in line. person seated there. 
I think he was he was meditating. Bravo, usually people are sir. thinking like, <laughs> usually people are thinking like, if I get in line and no one follows me, I'm gonna be so embarrassed. But don't worry about it. Like, By the way, I, I was I was just joking about the, all the Ohio stuff I said during during my talk. I absolutely love this. Yeah, state. we love Ohio. I don't know why he always rips on Ohio. Like I grew that. up in Dayton, Ohio. Spent a lot of time in Cincinnati. I spent a lot of time in Columbus as well. I'd come here once or twice a month to go see concerts, usually at the Newport or at the basement. I don't know. Yeah. So I love the city, and I'm grateful you decided to be here with us tonight. What's your name, brother, and what's, uh, where are you from, and what's your question? My name is Thomas Fletcher, and I am from Columbus, Ohio. Nice, nice to meet you, Thomas. Thanks for coming out, man. Thank you. Um, um, I have been thinking a lot about things that I am passionate about, and it really comes down to one word, and it's, in, and it's environments. I'm passionate about the kind of environments that people are working in. I'm passionate about the environment as a, as a whole. And uh, I'm really passionate about um, also um, just a food, the food in, in, in industry and making sure that things are produced ethically. Um, but about the environments that people work in has to do with the textile industry and the clothing industry. Um, and we know that there are a lot of problems with it. And the six words I hate to hear are that's just the way it is. Um, there's nothing we can do. So how would you two respond to someone who just says, well, that's just the way it is. I would say you mean that's the way that it was. And because eventually all things change. And so uh, people don't necessarily hate change. It feels like that. When, when it, that, that is the objection they put up because they're, they're trying to maintain the status quo to some extent, right? That's just the way it is means I am comfortable enough to accept the way this is. It doesn't mean I'm satisfied with it necessarily because if, if they were satisfied with it, they'd give you the actual reasons that it is what it is. Here, here is why it is and here, here are the, here's the rationale behind it or even the emotions behind why it is what it is. But when someone uh, is clinging to the way something was, Part of that sometimes has to do with nostalgia. And by the way, I think nostalgia is kind of dangerous because it's imagining a past that didn't exist or it's imagining a past that existed without the flaws that were actually there. And, and so when we see things about you know, constantly glancing in the rear view, wishing you know, we could uh, return to this nostalgic past, what that really means is my vision is blurry. And, and so when someone says, this is the way that it is, I, I, would, I would convince them why, you need more leverage basically, why something needs to change. And so you need a more compelling future than what is comfortable in the present. Quite often we don't change because, well, it's not that we hate change, we hate being changed. We hate people trying to change us. But we love positive change, we love feeling compelled to change. And so what I would say to someone who's telling you that's just how it is, you need to find the leverage to show them, to enlighten the path to what it is going to be. Because it can be changed if you're able to, to paint that picture in, uh, in the best possible way. If someone said, well, that's just the way it is, I would say, well, yeah, with that attitude, I guess it is. You know, uh, it's funny, this whole minimalism thing, um, for me, it started with reclaiming my time. I mean, those like 70, 80 hour work, work weeks were, 
I used to wear it as a badge of honor. Like, yeah, I'm working 80 hour work weeks. And then it just got to a point where I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Like, it was just, it was, it was insane. But what I'll say is going down this path has led to a lot of awesome side effects. Like, uh, I can, you know, clean my, my place faster, like way faster. Um, I, I can move now. Like, so <clears throat> we live in Missoula. Mariah and I, uh, we just moved recently and we hired movers. And I was telling someone that and they were like, dude, you spent a thousand bucks on movers? And I'm like, no, I spent like 250 bucks on movers. Like they can, they can move me in, in two and a half hours. Like it, it's hardly any time because I don't have a, a lot of stuff and it's worth, worth it for me to pay 250 bucks to have someone else put the tax on their back rather than mine. Josh used to help me, but I, I think happening. I screwed his back up <laughs> asking him to help me. But, but an, an, another benefit is the environment. Yeah, I realized like when we, you know, obviously when we consume less, we produce less waste. And what I'll say is I really love having just a small part in the environment. That's kind of where my head has been over the last year or two. It, it really is on the environment. Josh and I don't talk about it too much because honestly, I can't think of a way to talk about the environment without being all doom and gloom. And anything that I read, it's, there are, the only benefit that I can find to, uh, to talk about what the environment is, if you recycle and if you pay close attention to what you're, uh, what you're throwing away and if you can move to cleaner energy, we won't die or our kids won't die. And... That's a great benefit. Don't get me wrong. I love to live. But, you know, for all intents and purposes, all the facts that are out there, it is all like doom and gloom stuff. And I, like I said, Josh and I, we try to keep it as positive as possible. And I don't want to like guilt people into doing what's responsible. But what I will say is like my whole part in the environment right now is talking about consuming less. And like I said, I think it's a, I think it's a very small part in, in what the environment needs right now. But I guess what I would say is, you know, for anyone out there who does care about the environment, like choose your role and what the environment is. It could be as simple as starting to recycle more, starting to use less uh, packaging. I mean, I, I try to use my water bottle whenever I can. It's a small thing. But, you know, at the end of the day, there are tons and tons of plastic wasted every year put in landfills just because of plastic water bottles. And you know what? I don't remember it every time. And I feel like a jerk when I'm like, okay, I got to go get a water. And I'll try to get glass. And there's no glass and then I'll get plastic. And then, you know, it's, I'm not perfect with it. But what I'll say is, is everyone, if, they, if everyone chose their role in the environment, it would be so much better. And that role could even be, um, we had, a, we had a, a high school kid come to our Washington, D.C. event um, on tour last year with our documentary. And... He came up to the microphone. He's like, man, I really love engineering. And like, I really love making things. And I'm so conflicted because like, I want to be a minimalist, but I also want to make things and I want to sell it to people. Like, how do I reconcile that? And I'm like, dude, like make a, make a biodegradable cell phone. Like if we could just do something like that, that would, 
that would make a lot of difference. Or make a biodegradable plastic water bottle. Um, I saw I saw this Kickstarter for an edible water bottle. Have you seen this? I saw it too, but it seemed it seemed like a parody. Yeah, it's a great idea. When I first saw it, I'm like, this is genius. You can like you can drink your water and have a snack. But then I thought about going to the gas station and like picking up a water bottle off the shelf and like it touching the shelf and all the dirtiness around it. And I'm like, I don't think I'd be eating that water bottle. Yeah, but what if it was made of chocolate? <laughs> They'd have to like put it in wrapping, which would complete the whole, which would defeat the whole purpose. Okay. <laughs> I think I think make I'd... an edible wrapper. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but my, my my point is is that. With that attitude of that's just the way it is, then guess what? That is going to be the way it is. But what I would say is everyone out there, if they could just choose a small role or a major role in the environment, we would, we would move so much further along with this whole, whatever you want to call it, climate change thing. Or not just that, but the space we're running out of. Um, I will make a quick point because I, I just learned this um, last year. There was a uh, whole article that came out in like the local paper in Missoula about recycling. And everyone's like really angry in Missoula because you cannot recycle glass in Missoula. It is impossible. Like they, they had a dumpster like at Target where you could throw your glass bottles in and like Target would recycle them. But what ended up happening is... For the people listening at home, Ryan just did recycle in air quotes. <laughs> What was happening is that they would just end up putting everything in that dumpster in the landfill because, well, A, um, there is no smelting plant in Missoula, so they would have to reuse the bottles. There's no one that would take the bottles, but B, they can't reuse the bottles if there's even one broken bottle in that dumpster, and and when people went to go dump their bottles into the dumpster, like it was was glass everywhere. So, uh, long story short, uh, what I learned was this, because it used to really bother me about throwing glass away and it going into the landfill. This whole thing I read, um, glass is actually the least of our worries. Glass will actually decompose relatively well, and at the end of the day, like, it's not harming the environment in the ground, but like everything else we put in there is. So I'm just throwing a little tidbit out there because it was a huge eye-opener for me with glass. Actually, you, probably, you guys probably have a smelting plant around here somewhere. I mean, this is a pretty big city. but Glass might be the least of your worries, but I was bleeding all over the Love's rest stop two weeks ago. <laughs> That's because Josh is a, is a bit clumsy and slow to react, but you know, no, <laughs> you still were definitely bleeding all over the rest stop. Because I wasn't very glass. slow to react. I ran in there with a trail of blood behind me. Damn glass bottles. Yeah. No, it's, it's a great question. And man, the environment, like, like I said, it really weighs heavy on my mind. And I have been trying for the last you know, couple years to really think about like, how can I talk about the environment without making people feel guilty for you know, consuming the things that they do. If anyone has any good ideas, send me a tweet or send, send something to a, a podcast, John, or something. I would love to hear it. Awesome, guys. Thank you. Thanks a lot, man. Hi, I'm Jeff from here, and I'm a recovering bibliophile and collection curator. So still recovering. So so you're the one who understands that collecting is well-planned hoarding. Oh, I I rebag and board all my comics and alphabetize all my books every year. So uh, about 
January, I spent about three and a half weeks with my son in Southeast Asia, and everyone I met was a minimalist. So uh, come back home, and uh, after 36 hours of flights and flight changes, my wife picks us up at the airport and says, oh, good, you're back. Uh, I have a documentary for you to watch tonight. <laughs> so uh, I did watch it, and uh, since then I've been a binge listener at double speed, so it's nice to hear your podcasts on at the normal speed and you guys at the normal <laughs> speed. But you know, I was catching up, so I've actually listened to every one of them and a few twice. So uh, We have a certificate for you in the back, we appreciate that. <laughs> I'll just photograph it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Bravo. But something I've noticed in the binge listening that I've been really uh, uh, inspired by is seeing you guys draw inspiration from such a diversity of voices because I've noticed that we have kind of a polarized country right now. Mm. And specifically, like, hearing voices from, like, Sam Harris to Rob Bell adding value to your guys' lives. So what seems to be a rare quality is uh, open-minded, soft-hearted people. So I was curious about your journey to open-mindedness and how you continue to grow and cultivate open minds and soft hearts? That is a phenomenal question. You'll rarely hear me, hear me say that. Um, here's, so the two people you mentioned, Rob Bell and Sam Harris in particular, are, are two of the people who have ha had a lasting change. Their, their work has had a lasting change on my life. Sam Harris was in our documentary. For those of you who don't know him, he is a world-renowned uh, atheist, um, but he also dabbles in what he calls spirituality. Uh, I think most people who are religious wouldn't call it spirituality, but, but meditation. And he wrote a book not that long ago called Waking Up, and um, it's uh, the guide to spirituality without religion. And, and I found that fascinating. I find his other work fascinating, particularly his, his podcast, which is also of the same name, Waking Up. And then Rob Bell, who uh, used to be a mega church pastor in the Midwest and has written 10 or 11 books. He was on our podcast recently, uh, our LA event. And uh, I think they have, both of those guys have radically different beliefs, but I think they have the same values. And, and some of those values have to do with communication and freedom and free speech and autonomy and contribution and community. And, and, and I think that they just use these different beliefs to get to that same value at the end of the day. And so I, I have, I've experienced a bunch of different points of view because I'm willing to listen. And that's why we're on tour right now is so we can show up and listen to people. We're getting new questions all the time. Afterward, we hang out and we, we get hugs from people and we'll, we'll hear different statements, like just, just these little snippets from folks. And it resonates with me. And, and, and I can tell you that the people in this room, they're not all like-minded. In fact, I try not to seek out only like-minded people. Ryan and I have different beliefs. We voted for two different people in the last election. Um, <gasps> There was like one like gasp. I heard a door slam, I think. Uh, but you're right. It, it, we are in this climate where it's like, I can't get along with you if you voted for X or Y. And man, that is, that's so upsetting to me because I have good friends who voted for Hillary, who voted for Trump, who voted for John Kasich in the primaries. And I, what I can tell you is 
no matter where you are on, on that spectrum, we can find some common ground. And I think it's actually my, my great hope one day is to get uh, Sam Harris and Rob Bell together, not to, t- not to argue. Uh, this, the, uh, Rob said something to me uh, a while ago that really resonated with me. He said, I'm not trying to debate. I'm trying to help people hear the music. And that's exactly what I'm trying to do. I, I don't want to argue with people for the sake of arguing. I want to share something that has resonated with me, this sort of music of, of simplifying my life. And I think Sam Harris wants to do the same thing. And, and I learn from folks like that, and I try to keep asking questions. And I don't agree with both of them on everything. I obviously couldn't because they don't agree with each other, but I learn a lot when I keep listening. Yeah, I, I just try to have as many variety of opinions as possible. I mean, I'll listen to Rush Limbaugh, I'll listen to Glenn Beck, I'll listen to, I mean, whoever. Um, especially if I hear someone and I hear like one thing and I'm like, Oh, like, and because we, I think we all are a little guilty of this. Like, you'll hear someone's opinion on one thing, and you're like, "Oh, I hate that person because that's I don't agree with it." Like, as soon as I have that thought, I will go out of my way to like listen a little bit more, to like not, you know, just have a, a preconceived, you know, notion. Um, and sometimes that stuff's entertaining too. You know, listen, to, listen to them. But you know what, what I'll Masochist. say? <laughs> what I'll say, man, is uh, I just learned a long time ago, like. Picking teams is really stupid. Um, well, first off, I was raised uh, like a Buffalo Bills fan. <laughs> and uh, when I moved to Cincinnati and I became a Bengals fan, it's like the two worst teams to be fans of in the NFL. <laughs> but, you know, wh- like when the Bengals and the Bills would play, like I used to be torn and then I just got to a point where I'm like, I just want to see a good game. Like I-, I-, I, don't, I don't necessarily, even like, um, like, you know, the, uh, uh, like the Indians and the Cubs, like the World Series, you know, like I was really pulling for the Indians, like those poor guys. Same thing with the Cubs, like they were just as bad. But the same thing, like I just, I looked at those two teams and I'm like, I just want to see a good game. And it was, it was like, it was some really, some really good games. Um, I guess what I'll say is like, during this, especially during this election, like I just heard so many people, like it's this us versus them thing. You know, they did this and we do that. <laughs> we are all us. There is no us versus them. All right. And, you know, at the end of the day, um, I just, I, I try to maintain that attitude. And anytime I start to develop any type of, um, visceral feeling towards, uh, towards, you know, one, one team or the other. Um, I will really try to go out of my way to understand that team. And that has really helped me connect with people. Um, things still really piss me off. I was like, don't get me wrong. Um, but, but, you know, at the end of the day, I think just keeping that, that open mind, not even, you know, uh, hanging out with like-minded people, but just open-minded people who are willing to at least have a conversation, an, an adult conversation, and uh, that really, I think, keeps me sane. <laughs> and I think it also keeps me, uh, you know, keeps me having a, a soft heart and, and trying to see from all different perspectives. All right. Keep on trucking. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks, Appreciate Jeff. it. Howdy. Hi. My name's Mark Wilson. I'm from Youngstown originally. Nice. Excellent. 
yeah, I had a, actually a really nice conversation with a, a lovely couple from Youngstown that I'm sitting next to, so that was really cool. But um, Bringing people together, Millie. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a drive-through city, but best pizza in the world. So, <laughs> um, so I'm, first off, thank you for sharing your message, being here tonight. Um, I might not be the best spokesperson to mention this since I'm a brand new member myself, but I wanted to give a quick shout out to the ColumbusMinimalism.org meetup group. Thank you very much, man. Yeah. J yeah. Just for the record, it's minimalist.org. I don't minimalist. think we own minimalism.org. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, it's okay. Um, <laughs> I'll just give a quick overview for folks. So, so uh, in 2014, Ryan and I did a crazy 100-city tour, 119 events. We donated a year of our lives doing these free events in bookstores and cafes and places and, and, uh, and a few theaters. And people would show up, and they'd say, hey, how do I connect with other open-minded people locally? And I'd always say, I don't know. <laughs> and they'd be like, well, you're here right now, but you're getting ready to leave. I'm like, well, you better hurry up and find a few people to talk to. <laughs> Like, friend them on Facebook, do something. And we were like, well, what if we just left behind these free local meetup groups? So Ryan and I don't, we, we don't like, uh, it's not a very hands-on approach. We leave it up to you all. And we have, there's a community leader in, in the 100 cities. And some of the cities are thriving. I mean, some of the cities have over 100 people who meet uh, some, some months. And, and other cities, it's, uh, you know, a dozen or whatever. And it's just free local meetup groups to connect with people. You can talk about stuff and minimalism and decluttering or relationships or finances or contribution or whatever you want to talk about. It's, it's kind of a, a support group uh, for people with open minds. Yeah, and I definitely benefit from talking to people about this stuff, and like you say, with open-minded people. So even in just the one meetup that I that I've been able to make it to since I discovered the the group, it's been cool. So a nice resource for anyone who might be interested. I figured I'd mention it. Awesome. No, thanks, thanks for mentioning it, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my question is about managing your social life. So when I initially started decluttering my life, removing some of the consumption that wasn't really adding anything, I was able to create a much more meaningful um, social life for myself, which was something that was important to me. My relationships with my friends and family are something that are important. But that itself can become something of a problem eventually, too. You know, and in a town like Columbus, and I know cities across the country, there are, there are no lack of things to do. And while individually, each one can be really good or fun, collectively, it can be exhausting or keep you from doing other more meaningful, deliberate things. So my question is, what, what advice would you have for saying no to people that you like and activities that you might enjoy doing, um, but that are collectively not balance, creating a balance there and dealing with some of the stress from having to cut some of those ties. Thank you. Yeah. So, so isn't it interesting where we are, we have access to more activities than ever, right? We have uh, uh, more pacifiers all around us. We have more glowing screens than we've ever had. We have more things to do than we ever have in human history. And we're more bored than we've ever been. Isn't that fascinating? Where, where I, I hear it all the time, and I'm, I'm just so bored. And 
what that tells me isn't that people are actually bored because there, is, there are limitless choices right now, especially in cities. But even outside of cities now, you have the internet there. You know, Ryan and I lived in a cabin in the middle of nowhere for four months, like middle of nowhere, Montana. We found a way to get internet there. Um, we had to like negotiate with the phone company to make it work, but it worked out. And um, once you have that, you have access to the world at your fingertips sort of thing. But you used the word there, you said meaning. And, and I think what we're lacking right now is m- meaningful engagement. Now, what does that mean? I think it's different for everyone. For some, some people, it's deep work. Uh, Cal Newport, a friend of ours who's a computer scientist and an author, he wrote a book called Deep Work. He wrote another one called So Good They Can't Ignore You. And he, he talks about sort of the dangers of some of these distractions in our lives. And while I, am, I don't take the same sort of Luddite approach that he would of, you know, he's never been on social media in his life, I do have to find ways to use those things more deliberately and also avoid using them when they are just my go-to. Um, you, you hear this phrase all the time, I'm just going with the flow. I think it's a problem because when we go with the flow, eventually you end up at the falls. And if you get there and you weren't prepared for the falls, you are in for a world of hurt. And so doing meaningful work, deep work, create creative work, or also having deep, meaningful conversations and relationships with fewer people, that's important. That's like, that's paddling the other way. That's headed upstream. It's more difficult work, but you'll get a lot more out of it. With respect to saying no to those people, I think it takes practice. I think you have to get good at saying no, and you won't be good at it at first. And I, I've, even with me, I've been testing some stuff out lately just, just to see if I can expand my sort of palette of, of saying no. I've gotten pretty good at saying no. Uh, and I, th- and think instead of, I think instead of saying no, just saying no, tell people what you're saying yes to instead. So if someone asks you to do something, say, don't say, no, I can't do it, I'm busy. I'm busy means my life is out of control. And, and I know that anytime I say I'm busy, it means I'm probably letting other people dictate how I spend the, the hours in my day. Because we all have the same 24 hours in a day. And, and how we spend those, we get to choose. And so instead of just saying, no, I can't do that, what I'll say is, the reason I'm saying no to this is so I can say yes to this. I need to you know, have a four-year-old. I want to spend time with her or my partner, Rebecca. Or you know what? I need to go out on tour, so I'm going to say yes to that right now. In fact, I've had, I have a list of like six or seven people who are close friends who I need to call as soon as we're back off of the road because I know I can't give them my full attention right now. So I say no to them this week so I can say yes to them next week. And I think you have to get good at that. We were at the rental car place um, in Indianapolis, and instead of just saying no to the guy, they always ask, like, do you want this, pr- you know, this protection for $26 a day? I said, yes, I'll take it for $5 a day. <laughs> and he said, I can't do that. I said, yes, you can. He goes, uh, <laughs> I said, I'll take it for $5 a day. I ended up getting it for seven, but still. <laughs> if you practice, it was, it's a new way of saying no. Because really what I was saying is, no, I don't want that. But instead of like you trying to hassle me, I'm going to disarm you by saying, how can I say yes to this in a way that is beneficial to both of us? Yeah, practicing no is definitely, uh, it helps so much, man. Um, 
I'll say the other thing too is set boundaries for yourself. Like if you are saying yes to going to concerts or game night or going out to eat, whatever it is, it's like, what are you saying no towards? And if it's, if it's stressing you out, man, like if you're not getting your work done or uh, your chores done or whatever it may be, like you, you've got to start setting some boundaries for yourself. I think that's the thing about um, this whole this whole minimalism thing. And you don't have to call it minimalism. Call it simplicity or deliberatism or wh- whatever you want. I mean, for me, it helped me set, set those boundaries. And I'll tell you, in Missoula, man, there's so many cool people in Missoula. And like every time I go to... Uh, like uh, like the, my my buddy throws this this spring fling every spring like the first day of spring, and uh, like 150 people show up, and I go I'll try to go you know every year when he has it, and this year I met so many cool people, and they're like oh man like we should hang out more, and I'm like man I would love to, I was like but there's so many cool people in Missoula it's hard for me to hang out with everyone. Now, it's funny because I, I think about like the friends I have in Missoula that I will hang out with when, uh, you know, when we have free nights, like Mariah and I, we actually have like a group text. We'll just like send it out and then people will start responding and we'll try to get to get, like everyone gets, you know, try to get try to get everyone together. So we're not just like kind of singling out people, sure. but there is this whole other circle on the outside that like, as soon as, you know, a couple people move out or you know, drop off or whatever, move out of the city and, and somehow like, you know, we're not hanging out anymore. Like there are people like I'm just ready to pull in to like to hang out with. But I had to set that boundary. I don't have a, I don't have a number on, you know, the people that I hang out with. Um, but what I'll say, man, is like anyone in your life uh, who, who, who respects you, like they're, they're going to understand that you say no. And your friends, like if you're telling them yes when you should be saying no, like I think when I do that, like I'm not really being a good friend. Because, you know, if Josh was to tell me yes when he meant no, like, Josh is an introvert. Most of y'all know this. So, you know, before uh, the show, if I'm like, hey, do you want to go get some dinner? Like, I'm pretty sure he's going to say no. <laughs> he'll say, you know, he'll say something like, uh, I'm going to go enjoy a walk. <laughs> okay, man, whatever. But if he was to tell me yes, and then we went to dinner, and then, you know, we, we get back, like, I know Josh would not have that alone time that he needs to, to do his best. And I don't want to take that away from him. So, again, like, if Josh was to tell me yes when he should be saying no to give himself what he needs, I, I would feel like a bad friend personally. So, like, don't, don't be scared to say no. Set some boundaries. And I hate to say it, man, but you're going to miss out on a lot of stuff. In fact, right now, you're missing out on 99.999% of everything else that's going on in the world. Like, you have decided to be here with us tonight, which is awesome, man. Thanks for coming out. Um, but, but don't be scared of what you're missing out on because you will always miss out on something. It's more, important on, it's, it's more important to focus on what your priorities are and stick to those, and your friends will totally understand. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Hey, real quick, before we move on to the next question, for the people who are listening to this at home, if you have a comment or tip for anyone who has asked us a question today or anyone who's going to ask us a question, then uh, leave us a voicemail at 406-219-7839, or you can actually send a voice memo right from your phone now 
to, you can email it over to podcast at theminimalists.com. We will air our favorite comments and tips at the end of this episode and also at the end of, of future episodes as well. Hey, Ryan, what time is it? It is time for our hashtag Ask the Minimalists lightning round, where usually we answer questions from social media. You know, we're on the Twitters and Facebook and Instagram and what else? Yik Yak? <laughs> I don't think we, we signed up for Yik Yak yet. <laughs> but uh, yeah, usually we'll take uh, questions from social media. But, you know, since you're here, it would be weird if, like, Josh and I were on our phones answering questions. So basically what Josh and I are going to try and do is uh, you ask a question. We're going to try and give you, like, a pithy 140-character answer. Now, usually we have about a week to prepare for this. And now we've got, like, you know, maybe five seconds so we might ramble a little bit, but I, I promise you eventually we'll get to a, a pithy answer. We call them minimal maxims. We also put them in the show notes as well. So you'll get a regular answer, but then we'll tie it up with a bow at the end with one of those minimal maxims that any of you can, can tweet. Which, by the way, uh, Jessica Williams, who runs all of our social media, she's, she's usually live tweets these things. And so if you want to search that, you can just use the, the hashtag for our tour. It's the Less Is Now tour. And so the hashtag is just Less Is Now. You can find that on, we're at The Minimalists on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Howdy, what's your question? Yeah, um, that's actually a nice segue because you are literally the minimalists across the board on Twitter, Twitter Facebook. Um, you are a brand. And so my question is, um, what struggles or expectations have come with that? Um, and even just hearing the last question, what things have you had to say no to as you've grown? Because you're, I mean, now you're public figures. Um, and you know, what, what comes with that? Yeah, it, 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 whenever you call yourself the minimalists, everything you do is instantly blanketed with like this layer of irony. And, and so it's like, oh, you don't have a minimal number of social media followers or whatever. It's very minimal hair you have over there, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, but no, you're, you're right. Uh, there is some, uh, inherent complexity that becomes layered in when you open yourself up to uh, sort of the, the public life in a way. Um, so, so I'll answer a slightly different question and hopefully it'll, it'll get to where, where we're going here. Um, but I strive for congruency in, in my life. And what I mean by that is there is not a, a personal and a public JFM. And that's important to me. I had a friend who was going, who was applying to med school a few years ago, and she, she was like, I don't, I'm really worried about, you know, the stuff that's on my Facebook account and like other people being able to see that. And, and what that told me is that she was being one person here and one person over here. And I, I strive to be the same, whether I'm in front of a group of people or I'm by myself. And so being in the public eye in one way, it actually helps me put my best foot forward. Now, it doesn't mean I don't have a private life. I do. You know, I'm not going to, uh, if it doesn't make sense, if it doesn't serve the greater good, you're, not, you're never going to see the minimalist sex tape. <laughs> uh, there was one person clapping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you're also not going to see me like take a picture of here's the, the bacon and eggs I'm eating this morning for breakfast and put it up there. Because for me, that doesn't serve the greater good. It's, it's part of my private life in a way. And, and so um, 
Oh, 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 here we go. A congruent life is a well-lived life. That's my pithy answer for you. Man, um, I, I, uh, I say no to a lot. Um, <laughs> hey, Josh, how do you know when someone quit Facebook? Don't worry, they'll tell you. <laughs> so, <laughs> I quit Facebook recently. I mean, we still have the minimalists, obviously. Uh, which, by the way, we are the minimalists because the domain was available for like eight bucks <laughs> when we started this whole thing. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I was helping out with minimalist.org and like when people send me friend requests, like I, I hated to say no. And then when people tag me and stuff, I just, I hate ignoring the, the tags and oh my God, the message requests. My goodness, like ignoring those is like the hardest thing I have to do or that I had to do. Um, but it got to a point where Josh and I, we as an experiment deleted all the social media apps off of our phone, which made me intentionally have to go to Facebook on my computer. And we did this at the beginning of this tour. Uh, it was stressing me out every day. Like every single day I was like, oh my God, I got 200 notifications. I have to find Wi-Fi. I have to uh, make sure it's secure. Um, I have to go through, check 200 messages. Oh my, I only have a half hour, you know, between flights right now or uh, at this rest stop or whatever it is. And, and I'll check 100 now and I'll check, 100. I mean, it was just driving me insane. So it got to a point where I had to say no. I'm like, you know what, this is silly. Like, I am not going to stress over this anymore. And at the end of the day, like, the only reason I was on Facebook was... To, to encourage other people, but it, it was to answer those notifications. And if I would just simply ignore those notifications, well, then I would never get on Facebook. So it made no sense for me to like stay on there. So I, uh, yeah, I, I got rid of it and I'm still alive, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I guess I don't miss it, Josh. I just prefer talking to my friends face to face. He'll break in mid-sentence. We won't even be talking about social media at all. And like, I'll, I'll be talking about something that I think is profound. There's some metaphor that's esoteric. And, and all of a sudden, he'll look at me and just go, yeah, I guess I don't miss it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, do you have a pithy answer? Oh. Um, oh, yeah. We're supposed to come up with a pithy answer. I forgot. No, I, I think I would say don't just say no for the sake of saying no. Be clear on what you're saying yes to. That's good. Thank you. Thank you. Howdy, what's your name? Hi, I'm Bailey. Hello, Bailey. Bailey. Hello. Where are you from? Right here in Columbus. Awesome. Okay. Not right here like the Joanne no, 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 Davidson no. Theater. No, not right like <laughs> where I'm standing currently, but like 15 minutes down the road-ish. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So, my What's your address and zip? No, I'm just kidding. Uh... No, no, no. Yeah, we're not going to share that. Um, <laughs> uh, first of all, how are you? How is Columbus treating you? Outstanding. Awesome. Good. I'm so glad. That just makes me happy. Okay. So my question for you is, I am a 20-year-old girl who moved back in with her parents whilst studying at Ohio State in order to save on the cash money. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so I am a Buckeye, and um, my... Older sister and I, who is a year older and also with me here tonight, um, are 
<laughs> there she is. Our slowly but surely trying to transform ourselves into minimalists and living the minimalism lifestyle, which is difficult when we are living with a mom, dad, sister, and two brothers who want nothing to do with it. <laughs> um, we have introduced the idea, they've seen us get rid of like all of our stuff. Um, we've minimized our wardrobe, our, our bedroom has like just a couple few things that mean a lot to us. We've gotten rid of half of the furniture in there. Um, but the rest of our house is ridiculously packed with clutter. Like, kid you not, we have this secret storage unit in our basement that has like shit tons of stuff in it, like books. My mom has different sets of dishes for every holiday, dude. Like Christmas, Valentine's Day, and they come out for that holiday and then they get put away. Like we have so much stuff and it drives me up the wall, but I gotta live with them right now. So what do you recommend for someone who's trying to live that lifestyle with, surrounded by like five other people who don't want to do it? <laughs> I, th I, th <laughs> I would not recommend moving back in with your parents and then telling them they gotta get rid of all their shit. <laughs> That's my pithy answer. <laughs> That's good. You know what? I, I think that... Well, do you do you have a plan on how long you're going to live there? Is it several years? Uh, do, um, do you know Do you know at this point what the timeline looks like? At the timeline, honestly, right now, probably till I'm done with school, which is like two to three years. Okay. So quite some time. <laughs> it, that, yeah. Like maybe it's not a ton of time, but it seems like a lot right now. Sure, sure. But, but if you pan out, the the I, I guess my my pithy answer for you, and I'll try to unpack this a little bit. Yeah. My pithy answer for you is my minimal maxim is. On a long enough timeline, everything is ephemeral. Mm. And, and, and so two, three years from now, you'll look back at it and say, I learned a lot from this experience. Mm. And here's what I want you to learn from this experience, because I agree with Ryan. Yeah. The, the worst, the, actually, I think that's the, the second worst thing to do is move in, <laughs> tell them to get rid of their stuff. The worst thing for you to do would be go, to go there and start getting rid of their stuff <laughs> yeah, for them. Because no, by the way, <laughs> you all know it's way easier to get rid of other people's stuff than it is to get rid of your own stuff. I mean, Ryan was doing the packing party and I found 40 coffee mugs and like, I had this trash bag. I was just sweeping them in there. And he's like, wait, what are you doing? I need that just in case. I pulled out one that said world's number one grandpa on it. And uh, it was a mug he had never used. Anyway, it, anyway, I... I I've, I think that it's, it's important for you to learn some lessons during this time. So right now, control what you have control over. I mean, ultimately, control is an illusion anyway, but you do have some control over, over your space. Right. And you, you and your sister are in the same room. Yeah. And it sounds like you're mostly on the same page. Yes. Or at least reading from the same book. Correct. And, and, and uh, the, the thing I'll tell you, though, is uh, well, here's another pithy answer for you. Uh, beware of drowning people. They will also drown you. Mm. And, and quite often we, we try to think we're doing something helpful because someone else is drowning in, in stuff. And, and I think uh, metaphorically, quite often we get, we get taken down with it. And so I want you to go through a bit of, and this is going to be the perfect time for you to learn this. There's an acronym that, that Ryan and I li like to think about uh, when we think about understanding other people. Because they're not in the same place that you are. Mentally, 
physically, emotionally, in their life, whatever. And it may just take a while for them to get to that place. So you're going to have to keep showing them the benefits. But the acronym that in the meantime that you're going to have to deploy in your own life, it's, it's TARA, T-A-R-A. Okay. You want to be able to tolerate the person? That's the first thing. You got to look at the stuff and say, you have your Valentine's Day fine <laughs> china or whatever it is. And great. If you use it, so be it. Even if you don't use it, I have to tolerate that. It's your house. These, this is your place. And... And this is going to be an experiment in my own tolerance. But I'll tell you this. Tolerance is a, is a good first step, but it is a weak virtue. If mm. you just tolerate someone for long enough, you will feel resentment over time yeah. for that person. And so we have to go beyond tolerance. That next A, the T-A, the A is uh, acceptance. We have to accept the things for how they are. We have to break up with the idea of how you want things to be. You want to live in a pristine container home with <laughs> clean lines and white walls and, you know, whatever. I mean, yeah. and, and I understand that. And you will get there. But in the meantime, let's accept things for how they are. And also, that acceptance lets you realize that maybe it's not as bad as you think it is. Mm. And then beyond that is the R, the big leap to this R. You have to respect them. A, because it's their house, but B, because you love them. And they might have different beliefs from you, and that's okay. Ryan and I aren't here trying to convert anyone to minimalism. We want to share a recipe. If you see some of the benefits that we've experienced and you want to tweeze out a few of the ingredients from our recipe, apply it to your own life, great. If not, that's totally okay too. No judgment from me, no judgment from Ryan. I still respect you as a, as a person. And the last leap, and I say leap because it is like self-actualization leap, if you can get to that A, the final A in T-A-R-A, it's appreciation. You want to be able to appreciate them, warts and all, and say, I know what, you know what, I think you get value from that. And you're demonstrating that that Christmas uh, decoration or whatever, you love it, you're, you're, you're getting joy from it, it serves a purpose in your life. And while it's not something that I would choose, I appreciate that because I appreciate you. And if you can get there over the next two years, you're going to learn a lot about them, but you're going to learn a whole lot more about yourself. Mm. That really was my pithy answer, but <laughs> I do want to expound a little bit. Um, going through the, that process, that's really the only way you're going to help them move forward. Because think about... Um, Oh, I, don't, I think about uh, when I was like a really, really like hardcore uh, Jehovah's Witness. And like my beliefs were so strong. Like, no, I mean, no one could move those beliefs. And when people would argue with me, other Christians like would argue with me about beliefs of Jehovah's Witnesses, the more they would throw you know, uh, uh, doctrine or scriptures or, uh, you know, just especially like, you know, um, really angry, egregious words at me, all that would do is like solidify my belief. It would just make me hold my ground stronger. And it's the same exact thing with your parents. Supporting them, accepting them, that is the only way you're going to help them, them move forward. Um, I am not like a practicing Jehovah's Witness anymore. I don't have anything against that. I just, I've been able to move on. And it's not because 
uh, I was bashed into not believing it. It was because I had, you know, I have good people around me who support me and um, eventually I kind of, you know, got there on my own. I could probably talk for an hour on that, but I won't. But anyway, yeah, that's, that, 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 I just wanted to um, expound on Josh's point a little bit is that is the only way you're going to get them to move forward. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. All right, y'all. I'll apologize to anyone else. This will be our last question here because we'll have to move on before the theater kicks us out. Uh, we got some other stuff to cover tonight as well. Howdy, what's your name? My name is Kit. Yu, hey, Kit. And I grew up in Thailand. Thailand. I know you guys are on a Thai restaurant tour as well. We are. Yes. Well, did you all know the best Thai restaurant in the United States that I've discovered so far is in Dayton, Ohio? Really? Thai 9. Check it out. It's right down the street. It's worth the hour drive down there. It's awesome. Well, totally. I also go to a place called My House. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> we we'll may have found, we may have found the, We'll have so, to check out the menu. Do you make a good masamon curry? Um, I don't eat curries that much. I'm oh, sorry. okay. So... I think it's amazing because I was like closing my eyes sometimes listening and when I open them you're right here and you're not coming out of my phone so, so we're, we're the voice in your head sometimes all the time you make my folding laundry cooking walking the dog flying on the plane all those things so much more exciting so thank you thank you thank the you support. and it's I a have pleasure. a really short question yeah. and that is what are you guys really excited about right now mm. Just first thing that comes to mind, one each. That's all. Yeah. Pithy answer. I got, a one, I got a one word answer for you. Rebecca. You're not going to expand on that at all? Are you getting married? You got a ring on your ring fi finger over there. That's a sleep tracker. Oh. <laughs> I've, I've been married once, and uh, um, that was enough. But uh, no, I'm, I, I, to me, like a contract or a ring or whatever doesn't, doesn't equal commitment. Showing up every day and being willing to show people that, that that person that you care and you're willing to go out of your way to say you appreciate them, but not, not just say it, demonstrate that appreciation for the other person. So we've been on tour for a little bit, and uh, we could see each other sporadically. You know, if I had a second word, I'd say Ella. You know, it's our, our four-year-old. But, um, yeah, Rebecca's love of my life, and I'm, I'm grateful I get to go see her in two days. Yeah, amen. Well, nothing I say will compare to that. I mean, I can't just sit here and say Mariah now. <laughs> no, yes, I, you I, can. <laughs> Maybe you I'll should. I'll, <laughs> I'll say something different, but what I will say is that having, a, having an amazing partner in your life, not, not just an amazing partner, but a supportive partner, it is... It's priceless. Like, Mariah is the first relationship I've had where I truly feel supported. And, like, the sacrifices she makes so I can go out and do this. Um, she's actually here. Uh, I think she's, like, heard this talk a million times, so I think she's back coding right now. <laughs> but she's going to a coding school. She has to do this, like, six or eight hours a day. Like, sometimes I look at her screen and I'm like... Are you hacking into the matrix? Like, what is going on there? Um, but my point is, is like, she has to come on, the, like, if she chooses to come on the road, she, she really has to get in six to eight hours of school every day. So she does sacrifice a lot. My point is, is that if you are someone out there who has an amazing partner in your life, 
Like you've got to get up every day and say thank you to each other. You've got to go out of your way every day to show each other that you appreciate it. And if you don't do that right now, that's okay. You can start right now. But I'm telling you, like having a supportive partner, that is, it's the most, um, it's just, it's just priceless. It, it's, it's, uh, I've never been happier and uh, Mariah has a lot to do with that for sure. So, and, and I know Josh has never been happy either and, and Beck, and Bex has a lot to do with that. Um, what I'm, what I'm excited about right now, oh man. Oh, that wasn't it? No, that is it. I just didn't want to like steal Josh's answer. I feel really, I feel like I'm cheating doing that. Um, I, I think right now I am, I'm just, I'm excited about my 40 year old self. Like I'll be 36 this year and, uh. Why did you give me that look? Because I thought you were 40. Oh. Yeah. Because I'm... Damn. <laughs> no, no, no. Because I'm 41, so, you know. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. I thought you were 35. Thank you. <laughs> I lied. <laughs> no, it's not. But anyway. Um, no, I really am excited uh, for the next five years. Like, I don't know what the next five years are going to hold for us, but we've got some really exciting stuff that, that we are... Uh, working on right now. Um, we just had a meeting with uh, Netflix. I think it was last week, maybe the week before that, whenever it was, a week or two ago. <laughs> and it's not like there was any groundbreaking, uh, you know, series or special that that was pitched or anything. But I am really excited about getting this story and getting this message out to more people, but not only that, but like just digging deeper with minimalism. Like I, I felt like we did that with the documentary. We did, a, I felt like we did a really good job of showing some different perspectives, covering some different topics for the longest time. It was like, it's just, it was just the Josh and Ryan show. Don't get me wrong. I think we're awesome. <laughs> but like two 30 year old white dudes resonates with only so many people. So being able to dig into things like uh, the environment, um, the, the hidden costs of, of, of consumption, finances, privilege, things like that. Like, I'm really excited about kind of tackling um, some, some of those topics. And that's my pithy answer. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. All right, let's move on real quick to our added value segment of the show. This is where Ryan and I talk about something that's added value to our lives recently. And since we're in Columbus, Ohio, let's, let's have a little bit of a, a local flair to that. Ryan, what's adding value to your life in Columbus, Ohio? Man, I just ate, uh, I just ate at this restaurant called Tiger and Lily. Anyways, it's like right of the street. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just like a few blocks away. It was pretty phenomenal. Like you just go there and like they have rice bowls and salad bowls. And if you haven't been there, like it's pretty affordable and it's, it's delicious. Awesome. You know, there, there are two things that I want to mention. Um, one, I haven't been there this, this trip and I didn't really get to appreciate it the way I think I would appreciate it now that I have a four year old, uh, Kosai. Like seven years ago, I went there on a date, and it was like a terrible date. <laughs> but if I could bring Ella there now, I think I'd have, and I know she would have, a pretty awesome time. So if you have kids, and the reason I bring that up even is 
I, I grew up in Dayton, and there's the Air Force Museum there. I, I, it took moving away to actually go there. Like, I didn't go to the Air Force Museum, so I came back to Dayton. I think the time that I'd been there before that, I was like three, maybe. And so we often don't appreciate the things that we have going on locally. So I would encourage you to check that out. Also, there's a really interesting coffee house not too far from here. Uh, and the coffee was quite good. It's called the Roosevelt. Yeah. And, and they, they serve like Stumptown coffee, and they did a really good job, and the baristas were friendly. But I love what they do. They're a nonprofit, and, and all of their profits go to help out with human trafficking and to de develop clean water. And uh, also, I'm missing one other thing, but um, it's, either, it's both locally and worldwide. So, and they have like on their tables, they have these like annual reports that show you exactly where all the profits from, from that business, that nonprofit business went for 2016 and I'm grateful for places like that because they can do something cool locally and then do something cool with that money locally and also do something cool worldwide as well to help other people and I, I really do believe that giving is living so being able to support businesses that support other people I mean it's really a win-win so give them a shot if you if you get the chance oh and now one other thing for added value I wanted to bring Jess out here she said we should so Jessica Williams are you around here somewhere oh come on over um, speaking of adding value, someone who adds immense value to our life, she didn't know I was going to say this, she just thought she was going to come out here and do a selfie with us, but, um, or for us rather. She runs all of our social media, and uh, let's give her a round of applause. Yeah. That's a good one of those. So here's the thing about social media. We actually met Jess on Twitter. And, um, and, and, you know, we've, we've worked together for a while now. She handles our social media. She comes out on tour with us, and it makes everything so much more seamless. She also does the merch booth afterward as well. She helps take photos. She straightens Ryan's hair occasionally. <laughs> and she's an all-around outstanding person. And Jess, we're really grateful you're here. Thank you so much for being here. Mm. Let's do a photo together, y'all. All right. Oh, my hair is awful. What is going on with my hair right now? No one warned me. Wait, should we do time lapse? What is this? Slow Have you ever used a cell phone before, <laughs> dude? <laughs> Wait, just me. <laughs> You're on the wrong side. Here we go. Here All we right. go. All right, y'all. That was the first time we tried that. Before that was like, horrible. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, you, you shouldn't I, hand the phone to me. You know I'm, I'm incompetent. But you got the longer arms. That's true, yeah. I do. Monkey arms. All right, well, let's move on right here, right now. This is where we talk about what's going on in the lives of the minimalists. This is usually where we talk about all of our ads and sponsors, right? What mattresses are we promoting tonight? The mattress. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> or what underwear company? I hear these advertisements on podcasts all the time for sweat-wicking underwear. <laughs> what about food delivery? I, there just must be just so many sweaty asses out there. <laughs> There is such pent-up demand for this sweat-wicking underwear. Uh, no, I mean, actually, I'm not, I'm not judging other people who do ads, but he, here's the truth. Um, <clears throat> you know, we can have fun and joke around about it, but you, you see about 5,000 advertisements a day, and we don't want to make it 5,001, and we give up a lot of money to be able to do that, and it's not about money for me and Ryan. We're doing just fine, but we want to be able to do some really cool stuff with our podcast and also with some new video content. Uh, we want to make some meaningful video film creations, uh, so we want to do a bunch of stuff. We want to create different podcasts, podcast interviews, shorter episodes, longer episodes, more episodes. We want to do a lot of video stuff as well. So we're building a podcasting studio and a film studio, 
and we could use your help. So if you're willing to help us out, we want to keep this 100% advertisement free because we think advertisements suck. So you can, uh, you can help us out. You can head on over to theminimalists.com, click on the donate button. We set up something called a Patreon page, which you'll find there. You can donate on a per-episode basis if you can afford it. Uh, and that's going to help us build this podcasting studio and also pay our producer, Podcast Sean, a full-time living wage, which, or continue to pay him a full-time living wage, which his three kids certainly appreciate. By the way, he's hiding back there. He's always in the shadows. Ladies and gentlemen, Podcast Sean. Yeah. We love you, Sean. He does so much for this. He, on the road, he is our, he's our tour manager. Actually, I was looking at the... Uh, there's a little, he's like a little, he has a dressing room. I don't know. What are you changing into, Sean? Um, and, and on the door it says, Sean Harding, tour manager. And then underneath it says, Jessica Williams, everything else. <laughs> and, uh, but really, Sean is, is a lot of the everything else is Sean. He is our operations uh, guy. He is our tour manager. He's our podcast producer, and he's an all-around outstanding human being. And so we're trying to help him out with that as well. So none of the money that is donated to the podcast goes to me or Ryan. Shut the front door. (laughs) I need need nicer black T-shirts, man. (laughs) (laughs) I thought we were going to get minimalist Lamborghinis. (laughs) I said a Lamborghini, okay? All right, cool. Well, yeah, if you want to help us out, that's the best way to do it. Head on over to our Patreon page or our page, and we would certainly appreciate the support. If we get to 2,000 patrons, that'll give us enough funds to, uh, to start building that studio. we get to 5,000, we're also going to hire a full-time filmmaker. We're going to do mini documentaries and web series and a bunch of other meaningful stuff that you'll be able to share with folks. We want to put that out in the world, and, and you can help us create that. Also, we're in the middle of a tour right now. It's called the Less Is Now Tour. So folks who are listening to this at home, we're headed to 40 cities, Canada, East Coast, down south, out west, the mountain states, everywhere in between. 40 different cities over at lessisnow.com. Before we head out of here, let's say thanks to the Joanne Davidson Theater for having us here in Columbus tonight. Uh, we'll be out there afterward. If you decide to pick up a book from us, please minimize it afterward. And if for some reason you didn't bring your wallet or if you just can't afford a book, let us buy you one. We'll be happy to buy a copy for you afterward. So if you give us about 20 minutes, we will be out in the lobby dishing out hugs, taking photos, signing books, all that fun stuff. Before we leave here, there's one last person I want to thank. And that person is you. I know it costs some money to get in here tonight, and we're thankful for that because it allows us to you know, rent out these beautiful spaces and have a tour promoter and pay Sean and Jess to come out and fly them out and, and, and put them in hotels. And it also allows us to have the you know, security staff and all this other stuff. We used to just show up at bookstores, but it'd be really hard to show up at a bookstore with five or 600 people now. And so we're grateful that you decided to spend that resource, but you spent your two most precious resources with us tonight. And that's your time and your attention. And you can't get that back. And we're grateful you decided to spend a little chunk of that time and attention with us. And if we leave here tonight with just one message, we hope it's this. Love people and use things because the opposite never works. Thanks, y'all. Thank you, Columbus. Hi, guys. My name is Elizabeth Charmley. And I'm calling from uh, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. 
Um, I just finished listening to your podcast this week with your um, guest, Rich, and I really liked the podcast. I thought it was good because it focused a little more on, um, uh, like, uh, values and time as opposed to uh, material goods. But one thing I noticed when I'm listening to your podcast every week is then when you guys get to the section about things that add value to your life, um, you mostly mention things that you have purchased. And this week, I thought that because it was less about material goods, like not about shopping and that kind of stuff, that you guys might say, oh, something that's added value to my life is, like your guest Rich, he mentioned how much he liked the feeling of having the sun hit his shoulder early in the morning. And so he had worked towards making that more a part of his life. As you can probably hear my little five-month-old baby in the background right now, um, and I'm at home with him on maternity leave. So we do listen to your podcast every week. And incorporating minimalism has become really good for us because um, as a new mother, you're going through this whole new shaping of a new identity. And it's really forced me to stop thinking about material things and start thinking about my mental and emotional health and well-being and that of my son. So without really realizing it, I've been making changes every week. And I just wanted to share with you what we've been doing the last couple of weeks um, to add value to our lives. Last week, we started visiting with our neighbors next door. They're an elderly retired couple, and we found out that the husband has esophagus cancer. And so he is loving his time with my little boy, Eric, and it's really brought a lot of value to our lives because um, it gets Eric out of my arms for a couple hours, and someone brings me some snacks and a glass of water, and also they get time with a little five-month-old baby, which brings them a lot of joy. Another thing I did this week was I just stopped looking in the mirror. Mind you, it's Tuesday. It hasn't been too far into the week. Um, but as a new mom, we're constantly feeling pressured by society, like, let's bounce back and get our mom bods back into shape. And I was like, you know what? I've had enough of this. I'm just not going to look in the mirror so much and just kind of enjoy myself. And I feel so much better. I feel really happy. And I don't feel self-conscious about how I look as a mom and what I do happen to catch my reflection what I notice is that I look happy uh, and that makes me seem much prettier in my own eyes um, and I hope that that will carry over with my friends and my husband and other people in my life. Hi Joshua and Ryan this is Crystal calling from Seattle Washington. Um, I wanted to chime in with a comment regarding thrips and um, following up from both Claire's um, question a few podcasts ago as well is the follow-up from the gentleman in Scotland. Um, we have in our household, which is two square feet, we've adopted um, what we like to call approaching a zero-waste lifestyle, and we've been very inspired by the Johnsons of Marin County, California, um, on the Zero Waste Home website. And a lot of the issues we come up with are when we do need to shop. And what do the scripts look like when we're engaging with salespeople? And ironically, we just spent our 4th of July at the mall. Um, my husband needed to pick up a few goods. And um, we also find some of our low to non-packaged goods that we buy a couple times a year are available there. So what it looks like as far as a script for a lot of people who partake in a zero-waste lifestyle is having a discussion up front. Um, usually when you meet at, go to the register, you'll be offered a bag, maybe some samples, maybe a magazine, um, maybe some more product that you don't need. 
and I'm just straightforward with them up at the desk. Um, I approach them, I greet them, and firmly with a smile and eye contact say something along the lines of, you know, how are you today? Once we have the chit-chat out of the way, say something along the lines of, you know, I don't need a bag, and um, if you can avoid printing a receipt, I don't need that as well. Um, I, I prefer to keep as little take as little um, goods as possible that are just going to wind up in the landfill or recycling. And that usually elicits a few questions, and I'm happy to share some tips um, with the person who asks me at the store. Um, and I also shop with my own goods, whether it's a dry bag for bulk food or just my own grocery bags, or some places even let you bring your own meat for um, jars in for meat if uh at the supermarket. So having a script and um, being prepared and being kind and firm about it has been really helpful for the shopping that we do need to do. Hi, Josh and Ryan. My name is Kim, and I'm calling from Denver, Colorado. I come from a family of pack rats and hoarders and from a culture where people are constantly comparing each other with the haves and have-nots. Growing up, I always thought I, if I made a lot of money and owned a house, I'd be happy. But like both of you, I made a lot of money and I spent even more. In 2015, my father had a stroke and I was laid off from my job. My parents lived in another state, so it made things difficult to help out my family while trying to find a new job. But because of all my parents' clutter, it made it difficult to maneuver around their house. And even weeks before his stroke, my dad buddy even told him to start paring down his clutter because if anything were to happen to him, it would be a real pain in the you-know-what to get everything sorted out. During the holidays, I went home to help my mom to purge all the clutter in their house, which was an ongoing battle that I finally just gave up on. And I started listening to your podcast um, about the end of 2016 because my own life was full of clutter, cluttered with items, people, obligations, emotional and financial distress, and I felt really lost. Listening to your podcast actually gave me some clarity and ideas about what living a meaningful life meant to me. I began to donate and sell items I no longer used, started to say no to obligations, and was more intent with the time and attention I gave to others. I then sold my 1,300-square-foot townhouse and moved into a 613-square-foot rental apartment actually a couple months ago, and this move helped me get out of debt, which was a huge weight lifted off my shoulders, as well as bring other meaningful experiences into my life. Now, while this journey hasn't been easy, as you guys have said, living simple doesn't mean easy, it's actually been one of the best decisions I've made Um, to venture into living my minimalist lifestyle. Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing that's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it Every little thing that you gotta have Every little thing that you gotta have You gotta reach for and you gotta grab Oh, I bet that you'll be fine without it So take 